this thing on? Welcome back to Lexi's Lounge, your home for mind, body, business, and marketing. This no-holds-barred conversation happens every Tuesday with new guest experts, raw conversations, and real tips for lasting change for your mind, body, your business, and your marketing. So grab your cocktail and let's dive in. Samantha, welcome to Lexi's Lounge. What are you drinking today? Hi, Lexi. So it is 10 o'clock in the morning here where I am. I am drinking my Hint water, which is typically how I start my day every day. Oh, is that the one that has just like a little hint of whatever flavor in there? It's kind of like LaCroix. Exactly. But there's no calories. There's no sugar in it. I mean, it's just, it's pretty amazing. Once I discovered this, I don't think I've ever gone back to drinking anything else. I, I was a LaCroix. I was a big fan of LaCroix and now I'm all about Hint. Oh my gosh. Well, they need to give you a sponsorship hint <laughs> if you're listening. Anybody who knows somebody? Slide Kara Golden. Kara <laughs> Golden, are you in the house? <laughs> yeah, right. So Samantha, for those who have not heard of you yet, can you tell us more about you, who you are, what you do, how you serve? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for asking, Lexi. So I help women reconcile the truth about why they're burnt out, stressed out, and out of balance. And I work a lot with entrepreneurs. I also work a lot with women who are either contemplating leaving corporate America or have recently done so and looking at, okay, what's next for me in my life? And I resemble all of those things. I've been there myself. And I think that's why I really resonate with working with these women. So speaking of leaving corporate America, what are your thoughts on the, what's that called right now? Oh, the great resignation. The great resignation. Yes. What do you think about that? Yeah. You know, I think that people are honestly rethinking their priorities. They're looking at life differently. We're not taking things for granted like we used to. And I think a lot of people are really questioning, is there something more for me? Is this it? Is it nine to five, 40 hours a week, maybe 60 hours a week for some people? Is this it? Is this it? And I put in my request for vacation and I get to travel when they tell me I get to travel. I'm not making it to my kids' soccer games. I'm missing out on my partner's, you know, activities. I don't get to go to anything with him. So I think people are really in this place where they are being more thoughtful and they're thinking a lot more about what their priorities are. And I'm seeing this across the board. I think even with college students these days, they're being more thoughtful as well about the direction that they want to go with their careers. Yeah, I I was putting in a pitch for my client today and one of the things they were talking about was the great reset or reset. What am I talking about? The great resignation, which I guess would be a a reset, right? But I thought it was really really interesting because the question they were posing was like, what's the pros and cons versus going to college? or just being an entrepreneur. And I'm someone who is college educated. I have my bachelor in communication and I have never once had somebody ask me for my degree to speak on a stage, to work with me, to like do anything. Nobody's even asked me. That's the only thing that I've only had that asked when I was applying for a corporate job, but never beyond that. And I'm sitting here thinking about like the student loans, like how there's like, I don't know, billions and billions if not trillions of dollars of student loans and people that aren't even aligned on that path anymore. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't you become an entrepreneur? Like why is there so much more to life than asking your boss if you can take time off? missing your kids games. Like you said, like all of those things you said, those were things that my husband and I had very in-depth conversations about so much. So to the point now where he actually put in his two weeks and he's flying solo and 
working for himself now. So we're really excited about that. But that took a lot of like, that's so incredible. Yeah, that took a lot of mindset shifts, though, for him, because it was like, are you really gonna work for this company for the rest of your life and hopefully make $100,000 by the time you retire? Right. And I think the word hopefully is the key there, right? Because nothing is guaranteed when you're working for someone else. And there's, there's a great saying around this that I really like, and it's, you're either going to be hired to build someone else's dream or you can build your own. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that a lot more people are really thinking long and hard about that. I mean, I'm, I'd love to hear more about, you know, what this has meant for you and your husband and your lives. Cause I'm sure it's just huge, huge changes with him doing things on his own. He's not having to punch into someone else's clock. Yeah. So he, his last day is actually 11 days from now. It's on the 22nd of April. And he was very nervous. I mean, he's very nervous about it because you go from something that is so for sure. That's, you know, something that like his parents did their whole life. Well, his dad was more of an entrepreneur. His mom's worked at the same place for a long time, but seeing like going from one to the other, it's a really hard switch. Like he, he had a really, you could tell he had an internal conflict with it because he knew that he makes way more money working for himself, but there's no guarantee ever. And where we live, in Washington, the weather out here, like it can shift in a blink and he needs more dry weather here. So it's like, he makes good money when he can work, but we're kind of dependent on the weather too. So that's another huge factor, but he got to this point and it was after I showed him this one quote and the quote said something like the average age of death or something is like 72 and the average age of retirement is what 65 or whatever. But they're like, you, you realistically have 11 years to do what you want in your life. And I'm like, wait, every person who is like, who goes to work every day and says, I hate my job. I just can't wait to retire. Like I I think of those people when I hear that, because I'm like 11 years. And unfortunately, I know far too many people more than I can count on one hand who have retired and had and died like within a few years. And I'm like, what, what, like, how can this be what we have been programmed that this is the right way to live our lives, going to work for somebody else, putting ourselves in debt to get that job. Right. And then hopefully getting, you know, being the best at what we can do. Hopefully nobody else comes in and kisses your ass as boss and takes your, like your next step up in the rank, but like nothing is for sure. So that, I mean, there's so much internal conflict there. Yeah. There's a lot of internal conflict and you were, you know, mentioning with your husband that, you know, this has not been an easy decision for him. And I hear that a lot. It's, it's like, you know, that these opportunities are out there, you know, that they exist. So when you go to work for yourself, you literally have unlimited income capacity. You know, it's just whatever your own limiting beliefs are, whatever limitations you put on yourself or the market that you're in is going to put on you. But you have a lot of say in that. Whereas when you work for someone else, there are caps, there are salary caps as to what you can make, what kind of an increase you can ask for. And so it's very scary. And I think that our mind likes to play tricks on us when we start to think about, oh, I might actually really do this. And honest to goodness, every time you have that thought, the first thing to show up is going to be fear. And the best thing that you can do with that is acknowledge the fear. It's there. 
just bring it along with you. Fear is not something that's going to harm us. It's actually something in a lot of instances will keep us safe, but it's also something that has been learned and it's been ingrained into us. It's been programmed into us to be afraid to step out on our own. And part of the entrepreneurial journey is that you don't know. And I think a lot of the scariness is when you're working for another company, you have their systems, you have the training, you have everything that's kind of been lined out for you. Maybe not so much in a tech company, but outside of that, I would say you have these incredible systems that you can fall back on. And I think the mistake that a lot of people can make is that they don't create systems within their business. So many people talk about, I want to do this. I want to have the lifestyle. I want to have the freedom. And there's kind of this myth around entrepreneurship, I think, where it's like, you're just kind of free floating and you're making all of these decisions every day. If you look at the people who are at the top of the pyramid, who really have the lifestyle brands, who really can take the time off to spend with their spouse, to go and do things with their kids or to go spend time with their friends or check items off your bucket list. Those are the people who have systems in place so that they can step away from the business and the business continues to run without them. Uh-huh. Oh, that's a great point. When I first started, I had no systems. Every single person that came into me, it was like, all right, got to reply to their email, send them this invoice, like go through this whole process that I could have automated. And I, I became a slave to my business because I was like, well, I have to get this done. Not even thinking that you could automate things, but you're so right. right. With the corporate world, they have all of that laid out for you. So I think when you step from employee to employer or CEO, like you really do have to think about, okay, so what did I love about my corporate gig? Like how, how was it that I was able to come into work every day, sit behind my computer, reach out to 50 people, let's say for example, like that's what you do and then go home and still get paid. It's because everyone else is doing something that moves this wheel, but there's right. a lot of systems that people are already using that makes it easy. So you can just show up, sit down, do your work and then head home. Exactly. Exactly. And you're not having to necessarily think about things when you leave because there's still systems in place that are running that machine. And it's really no different when you work for yourself. And I love being an entrepreneur. I came out of corporate myself and I was absolutely terrified. I was absolutely petrified when I gave my notice and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to do this. And everyone around me thought I was crazy. I was walking away from a your income. I was a C-suite executive. I had climbed the ladder. I had achieved things that we all kind of said when we graduated from our master's program. These are the boxes we need to check. I had the career. I had the car. I had the guy. I had the pets, you know, the house. And I just got to a point in my life where I really thought, wow, this can't possibly be it. I know there has to be something more. I have everything that I've been told that I've been programmed to desire. And this isn't it. This absolutely isn't it. I should have been the happiest I was in my life. And at that moment, I literally was like, there, there just has to be more. This can't possibly be it. This isn't it. You don't punch a clock. You don't do this for the next, you know, 40, 50, 60 years of your life. And then what? And then you start living? Mm -hmm. No way. No way. You, you've got to start living now. I mean, you were mentioning before how many times, you know, people retire and with, within six months, either they become 
critically ill or they pass away. I have a girlfriend that that actually happened to. She's a mentor of mine. She and her husband, they did what we've all been told we need to do. They worked at the same job. They were there. He retired six months before she did. The plan was they were going to travel. They had everything lined out. He ended up getting diagnosed with cancer and it was a very aggressive cancer and he died in four months. Oh my God. They were high school sweethearts. They'd been together their whole lives. I mean, it literally was the American dream. And it was so, so disappointing and so awful for her. I mean, she just, to this day, she hasn't recovered from it, honestly. Wow. I mean, I feel like that's a gut punch right there. Like, right. You cannot wait. You cannot wait to live your life. And and what you were saying, your point when you're like, I got to the place that I thought that was going to, you know, bring me this massive success and happiness. And I got there and something was still missing. And I think that's why entrepreneurship right now has become such a, a thing because people realize they can make a damn good living off doing the stuff that they want to do. I mean, we saw TikTok. We see 16 year olds that make right. millions of dollars from dancing on TikTok. I know. I mean, it really is this time in history where if you have an idea and you're willing to put yourself out there and show who you are authentically, you will draw in your community. I mean, that is just the place that we are in. And I think having the internet, having all of these different social media apps that are available to us, it's taken away. You know, there's parts of marketing where you think about how do I reach the consumer directly? At at least that used to be the thought process. And what social media has done for us, platforms like TikTok, YouTube, you know, you name it, right? Facebook or Meta, whatever they're calling themselves these days, we can go direct to consumer. So our voices, our message can be heard directly by the people we're trying to reach. I can't think of any other time when that was a possibility. Yeah, no. And I I think people are really, I think with the rise of TikTok, I think that's a huge part of the great resignation is that people are like, are you freaking joking me? I've worked so long at this job making $45,000 a year and some 16 year old gets on TikTok and makes millions now. Like what am I doing with my life? And that, I think that's why this conversation is so important is it's kind of like almost a cautionary tale of like, are you going to live the rest of your life doing what somebody else told you to do? What was programmed, what your parents, your grandparents, like generations before you did, or are you going to be on that outlier and step out and do what you want to do and live your passion, create the life that you want to create, do what you want right now when you can. Like, it just blows my mind how, as we're young, you know, like as we have more mobility, our minds are clear, like in these early phases of our lives, that's when we're working the most. That's when we're spending the most time trying to build up something for that sets us up for the future. Like why not live now? Right. Exactly. Why not live now? And I think people are realizing that you really can have it all. And that's not what we have been told. That's not what we've grown up with. I think that, you know, like my kids are definitely being taught that, you know, I'm teaching my kids about how to design your life versus your path is lined out for you. You're going to go through all the way to high school and then you're going to go to college and you're going to decide what kind of career you want to have. We're having those conversations now because it is time for this to flip back around. There's so much information that you can learn just by flipping on YouTube Mm -hmm. and it's 
free. There are college courses there. There are things that I had to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to learn that you don't have to do that anymore. And so, you know, I've been asked a couple of times, oh, do you think that people need to go to college? I think that's a very personal decision that people have to make. Do I think that it is still a necessity? No, absolutely not. I don't think that it is. I mean, like you were saying earlier in the conversation, nobody's ever really asked you about your degree when you've been asked to speak on a stage, when you've been asked to be a presenter, when somebody's wanting to work with you. I can't think of the last time somebody asked me about my educational background. People want to know who you are. What do you bring to the table? What thoughts do you have? What are you basing that on? What's your life experience? I think life experience is probably going to be the new metric that we start to measure things by. Because, I mean, it makes sense because you have been through that. Like, you know, you are living proof that you know how to get through something like that, whatever it may be. Like, let's let's give a, a trauma example. Like, let's say you had a really bad trauma from when you were younger, and now you found, like, a trauma-informed, like, a trauma coach on Instagram right, who had right. the same experience with you. Like, yes, you could go to a therapist, which is your choice, but you could also go to somebody who's been exactly where you've been and they know exactly what you're going through. They feel the emotions. They feel the empathy for you because they've walked through that too and they can help guide you. But I think the place where college is important is like the more technical stuff. Like if you're becoming right. a surgeon, right? Of something, course. Something like that where you cannot get the hands-on experience from YouTube, but for language arts, communication, even math, like do right. you really have to go to a college and pay for that? Like you said, you could go on YouTube. Like the imp- You can literally find out anything on the internet. Anything that college has taught me, it's on the internet. I, right. I promise you that. So if you're like feeling bad about not going to college and this has been something that's weighing on you, do not feel bad about it at all. But I'm glad yeah. that, that now we're starting to see more people talk about the fact that like college was kind of a lie that was sold to us for a long time. That's the only way. Well, exactly. And that's exactly right. We were told that it was the only way to get on the path to success. And I I don't think that that's true. I mean, in fact, there's so many people that are graduating that have a tremendous amount of debt. And what that does to you is when you graduate and you owe all of this money, it's a tremendously limiting factor in the opportunities and the choices that you're going to look at. If you have, you know, $100,000 in student loans that you have to pay off, you're going to be looking at your job choices very differently than if you didn't have that huge debt hanging over your head. Mm-hmm. So it's it's definitely something to think about. And that was never even a consideration when I went to college. It was just, you will do this. This is what you need to do if you want to hit these levels. And I really hope that there's more of a conversation that's happening where young people do realize that you can make the choice to go to college, but you don't necessarily have to. And college will always be there. So if you end up rising up through the ranks in your career, let's say you're an entrepreneur, you're building a company and you decide, I have a skill set deficit here. I can't find the right people I want to hire. You absolutely, at any point in your life, you can go back to school and you can get that skill set that you need. And I think that's a different mindset as well. You know, I, I never once considered that somebody in their 40s or somebody in their 60s 
would go back to college, but yet people are doing that every day now. Mm-hmm. And some of them are doing it in retirement just because they enjoy learning. Yeah, right? That's amazing. I honestly think that that when you go because you just want to continue growing and learning and being better and like the money thing is like, whatever, doesn't matter. I have. Right. Right. I think that's amazing, but I don't think that you should go to college just because it's what your parents told you should do. Your running start professor, your high school professor. Like, I I don't think you should go because that's what the path that has been lined out for you looks like. Right. It just, it kind of makes me wonder like why this was taught to us, you know, like what, why was this the only way for so long? Why? I'm sad. Hey, don't mean to interrupt. It's going to be really quick, but we have a message from our sponsors. By the way, hope you love what you're hearing so far. Now from our sponsor. Hey, it's Alexi McKinley. I'm your host of this podcast and also the sponsor of this podcast because I own UpWest Social and PR. For all my business owners out there, are you looking to grow your brand, expand your reach, become the number one top trusted source in your industry and continually have a funnel of new clients to work with? If you said yes to any of these questions, it's time you join the Be Your Own Publicist program, or as I like to call it, BYOP. This is an eight-week hybrid program where you will learn the ins and outs of doing your own PR, essentially becoming your own publicist. For more information or to join, hit the link in the show notes below. Now back to our scheduled programming. It's very disappointing. And I guess, you know, there's, there's certainly a lot of things we can reflect back on and, you know, history gives us some good indicators. And I do think it's good to look back and say, how did we get to where we are? Yeah. Because we don't want to repeat that, right? We want things to be different going forward so that people realize there are more opportunities. There are not limiting factors. The only limiting factors are what you're putting on yourself. There's so much money that's out there that's available. I was actually just researching grants the other day for a client that I'm coaching who's doing a startup. You can't imagine there are hundreds of millions of dollars in grants, free money that's available for businesses that are starting up, for businesses that are looking to scale, for entrepreneurs who want to go back to school in order to gain a skill set. And this is another thing that's not talked about often enough, I don't think, is that there's money available. You do not have to go into debt to do these things. Oh my gosh, I would, okay, I didn't even know that there was business grants. (laughs) I mean, I have a PPP loan, that's it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, and in some cases, some people, yeah, right, exactly. That's a loan. No, I'm talking about, I mean, I call it free money. We always know basic economics, right? There's nothing is ever free. Somebody is putting that money in, but there is all of this money available. You have to spend some time doing a business plan in some cases. You know, there is a little bit of an education that you've got to have for yourself, or if you want to hire somebody to write your grants. But I actually have a list of of grants that are available and I give that out for free. So if somebody wants, you know, if somebody's interested to know, Hey, I'm in, you know, I'm in Massachusetts and I want to start a, I don't know, a construction company, or I want to start a a public relations firm. I mean, there's, there's just pages and pages of lists that are available and I'm happy to give that to people. It's all out there. It just seems like, I don't know, people don't know about it. I've gone a couple of times on lives and I've mentioned it and people have gone crazy and I feel so surprised that I'm this surprised. conversation 
that this conversation isn't happening. I have, I have a good friend whose daughter is a jewelry maker. She works with different types of metals and there's some pretty technical aspects to what she does. When I was doing this research, I came across a $100,000 grant that she could apply for. What? I'm not kidding you. These grants are available in every single business. I don't know what your husband's planning to do, but there's probably money available for him as well as a start for a startup. I need to look into that like today. Wow. I, okay. I had no idea. This is game changing because it gives you that sense of security, like that financial security and you don't have to pay it back. Exactly. And with a lot of the grants, you know, I was looking through, there are some, as I mentioned, that are going to require that you have a full business plan. But most of what I saw, they really were looking for an executive summary and a market analysis. And those are just really fancy words. A market analysis is basically just, this is my product. This is my consumer. This is how I'm going to reach them. And these are my competitors. And this is how my product is better or my service is better. And this is why I will excel in that arena. And the executive summary is really just a synopsis of who you are as the founder and the owner or the CEO, whatever your title will be, and how you came up with this idea. Where is your passion coming from? And another little tidbit that I will say when you're applying for these things, a huge indicator for success in getting these is demonstrating that you have a growth mindset. I cannot tell you how important that is when you're applying for grant funding, if you're applying for a loan, if you're going out for venture capital or angel investing, that growth mindset is one of the key metrics that every single one of those people are going to push and push and push to try to find out about because it's an indicator of success for the entrepreneur, for the business that that entrepreneur is creating or is running. Wow. Okay. So what would be your top tip if somebody's like, okay, I'm going to start applying for grants. Like this is going to change my life, but I, I do have a growth mindset, but how do I portray that in my communication to these, these people who accept the grants? That is a great question, Lexi, because you're right. It's something that you're putting in writing. You're not having the opportunity unless you're going for angel investing or venture capital or a loan. You typically with grant funding, you don't have the opportunity to do an interview. So you have, you know, maybe three pages of an executive summary where you can convey that you have flexible thinking. So I guess my top tip would be to say, Talk about the process that you went through to come up with the idea. Were you in an elevator and you heard a song and all of a sudden these puzzle pieces came together and you just knew that this was going to happen? Were you sitting at a convention or were you in, an, in a meeting and you were listening to a current customer talking about something and you realized there was an opportunity there because you saw that there was a pain point? So talking about your thought process, the idea that you came up with this and maybe you've gone through three different renditions and why that's important is it shows that you're flexible, that you're not so tied to this idea that you're going to miss opportunities to pivot with your market, with your consumer, because if you're so fixed and you're saying, no, this is how it has to be. What happens when you go out into the market and the consumer or your customer doesn't respond the way you think they're going to respond? You have to have the ability to set aside your ego because this is your baby to mm -hmm. be able to say what's in the best interest of the market. 
what is the market going to want? Maybe I need to tweak this just a hair. So when you're writing out that summary and you're talking about your customer, you really want to say, I've identified this. And in the event that it doesn't go in this direction, these are the three options that I have come up with. Amazing. That right here, just pause that, write that down, pause this, write that down. That's amazing. Like, I feel like every podcast I record, there's like a bombshell moment. And I feel like that's it. Like that, that's so much value right there. Like I'm shook and I'm, I'm going to call my husband and be like, this is what we need to do for you. We're going to find something because I, I feel like that's, that's really what it boils down to a lot of the time for people who want to quit corporate and jump to entrepreneur is the money. It's right. the financial security, the financial backing. Like how can we help you get to live your passion, but in a way where it's not going to like, you're not going to be able to pay the bills, you know? Exactly. Entrepreneurship is so hard. What they don't tell you is that statistically speaking, people don't look at your business like a real business until you're three years into business. Well, and try being an entrepreneur and trying to get a home loan you know, trying to do something conventional, you know, that's a whole nother thing. I feel like you could do an entire show on what we go through as entrepreneurs when we're trying to do something like, you know, purchase a car or purchase a home. Or if you're looking at rental properties, I know the Airbnb market is really big right now. That's another thing that people don't talk about is your financials look very different when you're an entrepreneur because you don't necessarily have consistent income 12 months out of the year. Mm-hmm. We actually do Airbnb. You do? Yep. For our house. We, we have our primary residence. We Airbnb that out and we stay in a trailer on the property. Oh my gosh. So, so that, I think that's one of the things that kind of helps my husband because he knows like, regardless, we've been doing it for almost two years now. And right. we, I mean, we're, we can kind of see what the trends are going to look like, but I mean, that took two years. Like in the beginning, we had no idea. What, what that would look like. But Airbnb, if, if you are looking for an additional source of income and you have a, a travel trailer or maybe like you just have a vacation home or something, highly recommend, highly recommend. So you've had good experience with that. Yeah, Airbnb has been, well, and we do VRBO. So just vacation renting right. our home has, right. has worked very well. But what I will say is it's Airbnb and VRBO are a tool to get, it's like a marketing tool essentially. Right. But really when, when the sale happens is when you have the guests staying at your house, when you're able to build the relationship with that people, because there's a reason they're coming, especially like where I live. I, I don't live near an attraction. I don't have bachelorette parties come through. Like I have families come through. So my biggest thing, is when these families come through, maybe they're here for a wedding, maybe they're here to visit another family member, have a family reunion, really getting to know the family Uh because there's a chance they come back. And so what I want to do is take them and turn them into like my client, somebody that they can text me and say, Hey, can we rent your house for X, Y, Z? And then we do we do it like that because Airbnb does take fees. Oh yeah. Oh, and their fees have, have gone up. They have absolutely Mm -hmm. gone up. One of the things I was recently thinking about, I was coaching a woman who she's actually doing Airbnbs and we were talking about exactly what you're talking about, just having that personal touch. And so she's going to have a vehicle that's available. You know, there's going to be all of these add-ons. She's also going to be doing a grocery service. So she's going to send a list to people ahead of time if they want to. 
she can fully stock the fridge for them. They can have a vehicle available. She can, you know, book different tickets for them. She can do, cause she's somewhere, she's got Airbnbs where there's a lot of attractions. And so people are coming sometimes for events, mm-hmm. but it's, she and I were having this conversation. She said, you know, there has to be a bigger piece to this. How do I set myself apart when there's so many listings in my area? And it's exactly what you're talking about, Lexi. It's That's exactly what it is. It's that personal touch, going the extra mile, getting that connection with the family or with whoever is renting from you so that now they continue to reach out to you versus going through the marketing service. Exactly. I think just in general for sales, like no matter what you do, when you get that payment notification, like the sale has just begun. That's just like, that's just the marketing that was strategic and worked. But it really, I think going from an employee to an employer mindset, like you have to have that mindset of service, that mindset of I'm going to take this person from somebody who took a leap of faith in me to somebody who's like, you have my back. You're the only person I'm going to go to. Like you really have an opportunity. And I know in the beginning when I first started working for myself, like I was just kind of like, oh good, I got a paycheck and that was it. You know, it was never like, how are we going to take this to the next level? I never understood like the funnel, the employer mindset, like the CEO mindset that's all included in it. Like that excellence. Right. Exactly. How much additional value can I create? Because you're right. Getting that payment notification, that is just the beginning of the opportunity. And you really have to be thinking much farther than that. You have to be thinking about, okay, how am I going to get them to be a repeat customer? And the way to do that is to go above and beyond the expectations that they have and really make that personal connection. Give as much value as you can. Find out what they're here to do. Can I make suggestions for restaurants? Can I make suggestions of places to go? Oh, you guys are from this part. Well, tell me about that. Oh, let me connect you with my friend who lives in this area who also moved here from that area. Just just those little personal things that make all of the difference. When you're talking to people, I mean, I can't tell you, I've rented a number of Airbnbs. I love Airbnbs when I travel. And nine times out of 10, I don't hear anything from the owner. I hear nothing. It's literally this initial message that's automated, you know, Hey, thanks so much for booking with us. This is where you're going to find the information. We'll send it to you 24 hours, you know, before your trip starts and everything's very automated. So that personal touch isn't there. And the people who go above and beyond for me, that really sticks in my mind. And even if I'm not going to go back and stay with them, when somebody asks me, Hey, do you know of a place in this area? That's the first thing that's going to pop into my mind. And You want that to be, whether it's your Airbnb, whether it's your brand, whether it's you as a speaker, you want to do what you have to so that you're always top of mind. Keep creating Mm -hmm. that value. Keep giving people way more than what they've actually paid you for. And people will remember that. Mm -hmm. Let's touch on the point of the word of mouth, like your referrals Word of mouth referrals are the strongest way you can bring in. That's how you're going to build a sustainable business is by creating, I don't want to say like cult-like audience, but creating a cult-like audience who's like, she's the only one. This is the only place you can go. Like, I promise, trust me, because then they're putting their back on the line when they're, they're selling, they're doing the job for you. So 
I think a lot of people, when they think of like going above and beyond the extra mile, they're like, well, I'm already giving so much value. Yes, you're giving a lot of value already, but what you're really doing by giving extra, more, like above and beyond, is you're creating those lifetime customers who are gonna create that word of mouth buzz about you. They're gonna tell this one person, this one person's gonna come stay with you, and now you have two people coming. Now you have four, like it's just gonna explode and double and build this foundation for you, which if you're starting a business, you're in the very beginning, like really focus on the relationships. That's, that's my biggest piece of advice for anybody who wants to jump from corporate to business owner, focus on the relationships, become a really good communicator. You have to understand them. Absolutely. You really have to know your audience. You really have to know what drives them and you have got to go above and beyond. If you're not willing to do that, I would strongly encourage you to really think about whether or not being an entrepreneur is for you because those partnerships, which is exactly what you're creating. I mean, every time I'm working with someone, I'm always thinking about what else can I offer them? What other aspects of what they're telling me can I, is there someone I can connect them to? Is there some other part that we haven't touched on that I need to make a note to come back on? And they're always thinking about those things as well oh, it's too bad she couldn't help me on this. Oh, it's too bad this didn't come up. If you can, you should. And if you don't know who these other people are that you can refer people out to, that's another thing, our strategic partnerships. You know, are there other people that are in a similar arena? There could be some symbiotic relationship built where you're referring to them, they're referring back to you. And it's because the businesses work together in a way that makes sense. So if somebody comes to me and we're working on starting up their business and they say to me, oh, you know, but I don't have any funding. And I say, tell me more about what you're doing. And we dig into it. And I say, you know, I was just having lunch the other day with this guy who's an angel investor. This is right up his alley. Maybe I should get the two of you together. You know, those are the kind of things that you're always thinking about that are that value add. How else can I serve this person? Even if it doesn't directly serve you immediately, those things always come back around. Always, always, always. I cannot stress that enough. You're planting seeds of good karma. Exactly. What goes around comes around, right? Amen. So before we end this podcast, which I wish, I mean, I wish we could talk forever because this has been so good, so much value. (laughs) What is the top mindset shift you would give to somebody who has been thinking about taking that leap? Maybe they're in corporate and they want to leave, or maybe they're an entrepreneur right now and they're like, I'm not making the money and I need to go back to corporate. What mindset shift would you give them to help them really step into that CEO role and start running their business like a business? I think you really have to think about your new venture as a business. This is not a hobby. Yes, it's something you enjoy. Yes, it's something that you're passionate about, but you really have to have a business mindset. You've got to be thinking about things strategically. You've got to be planning out your finances. You've got to be thinking about who your customers are. How am I going to reach them? What are my immediate three pillars of the way that I can reach them. So get very strategic in your thinking. It's a nice idea to think, I really want to go pursue this so that I can create this life that I want. If you can be strategic in your thinking and really realize that you're creating a business, you will create 
the business in a way that you can have the lifestyle that you want. And I think that's the ultimate goal for everybody who becomes an entrepreneur is you want to find a way to create more time. That's Mm -hmm. really the art. You can always make more money, but you can never create more time. So you have to be very strategic in your thinking and the way that you're building your business so that when you get to year three or you get to year five or you get to year two, whatever your plan is, your strategic plan, you know that I'm going to have X, Y, and Z in place so that I can start to do some of these other things that I've been dreaming about doing and I can't do while I'm an employee for someone else. Amen. Oh my gosh, that that's huge. And coming from me who used to run my business like a hobby, I would concur with your piece of advice. You have to run it like a CEO. You have to run your business like a business. So Samantha, thank you so much for all of the resources, tips, information. Like it was so fun hearing and what how your brain works. Where can people find you and how can they work with you? Oh, absolutely. I hang out a lot on Instagram and you can find me at Samantha Stewart official. You can also check out my website, which is samanthastewart.life. And if you want the report I have on great monies that are available in all industries, in all areas. And it's not just in the US. The grants are also available worldwide. Feel free to drop me a direct message on Instagram and I would be happy to send that out to you. The way that people can work with me right now, I'm offering a one-on-one coaching program, which is either a six-month commitment or a one-year commitment, or you can work with me on a VIP day. And I would highly recommend starting there. If that's something of interest to you, that can be a strategy session. It can be a conversation about how to build the bridge from where you are now to where you want to be. It can be more of a personal life coaching if that's what you need in order to get your mindset where it needs to be to make that shift. And those are those are the ways to work with me right now. Ah, well, I thank you so much for coming on. This was an awesome conversation and I cannot wait to show you, tell you what the feedback is because I know it's going to be good. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Lexi. I had a great time and I hope in the future our paths will cross again. This was so much fun. Oh, they will. Hey, thank you so much for being here and hanging out with us in the lounge today. Don't forget to share some love in the reviews, connect with us on social media, and subscribe so you never miss a beat. And can you do me one last favor? Send me a DM on Instagram so I can say, hey, I would love to get to know you more. Until next Tuesday, we'll see you then.